there was no such thing as influencers. There was no, like there were, but we didn't use that word or that terminology. Like social media didn't exist yet. Um, I didn't want to be a celebrity. Like I wanted to be a basketball player, Batman, or like a writer, or just straight paid to be me. Nobody Comes Here to Hide is a weekly podcast for the people who feel like they aren't seeing themselves or their current position represented in the media right now. The show features in-depth conversations with entrepreneurs, innovators, artists, and creators, where hopefully you get a peek into their brain and learn more about the impact they're going to make on this world. Today, I have Quentin Allums, CEO of Urban Misfit Ventures, one of the first video story- video storytellers on LinkedIn. Um, you know, yada, yada, personal branding, <laughs> strategist, TEDx uh, speaker, co-founder of Strange on Purpose. Um, ooh, this is the one that excites me most. I found out you're Slytherin. Yes. Fellow Slytherin, is that what? I am a Slytherin. All right, all right. Everybody I talk to is like Gryffindor, and I'm like, no, just don't call no. me Gryffindor. Just because I have curly hair and glasses doesn't mean I'm Hermione. <laughs> I'm Respect. tired of it. I'm honestly tired. Of it. Same. People are like, you, you're so good though. It's like, no, Slytherin does not mean bad. It's just yeah, sorry for my being ambitious. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> Although I'm not gonna lie, I would imagine it were it was Slytherin people who created capitalism. <laughs> gotta be honest you know what I mean? yeah it's all right though it's okay it's um, good and bad yeah well okay well i guess that was your intro <laughs> how are you doing <laughs> i'm doing all right i'm doing really well actually how are you um i'm good i'm good today i recently broke my toe oh i'm not gonna show you it's <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sorry to hear that i hope it's a quick recovery it's not that bad i was very much expecting I don't know what I was expecting, but basically they were like, you just buddy tape it to the other toe and, and in six weeks, call us. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. They gave me one of those groovy boots, which I'm a fan of. Yeah, I, used to, I dropped a um, 25-pound um, plate on my foot when I was in college one time. and just I had to wear a boot for like a month. It was terrible. Oh, man. Oh, well. <laughs> to broken feet, I guess. <laughs> Where to start? Right now, you're in the middle of a, sort of a transition, right? In a, professionally, um, would you want to dig into that? Like, why is it? Why is it that you realized you don't want what you thought you wanted? You know, that big five hundred plus person company. What changed? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot changed, you know, like beginning of, beginning of this year, it was our best year as a company, probably my best year as an individual as well. Like I had speaking engagements lined up in Austria. Like I was flying all over the US, um, like things would just pop. And I felt like I was about to jump on this, this launch pad, you know, into whatever, like greatness, whatever you want to say. And, Mm -hmm. um, everything that we were doing, this was my ticket. It's just my previous thought process. This is my ticket to success. You know, this is my yeah. thing to say like, oh yeah, I did this. I made this because we were moving, um, mm-hmm. making more money than we ever had. And then COVID happened. Um, and then we lost like $600,000 in like a week. And then Black Lives Matter happened, you know, and then you have to mm-hmm. balance that happened. Black Lives Matter, like George Floyd happened. Mm-hmm. And then like, you got to balance being black in America and running a company. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just realized I was 
drifting, you know, for maybe like six months prior to everything too, like just drifting, burnt out from working nonstop for four or five years plus. Um, it's just like, damn, like that. And then we had to furlough three of our employees and it was like, okay, like I, I loved it when I was just selling, when I was at the top and just focusing on where we were going, but I did not like anymore being in like the nitty gritty. I didn't like working on these projects for clients. Like I just, I did not enjoy it at all. You know, I like being creative. I like doing what I want when I want, not being bound to this, this schedule that is predict predicated on someone else's schedule, you know? So there's a lot of things that went into it. I just realized that I was not stimulated by the business that I was building anymore. Um, so I've been making, we've been making a lot of changes and I've been making a lot of changes personally as well. Mm, yeah. Speaking of Black Lives Matter, this is, this has been a time where a lot of people that I follow who are black have kind of come forward and been like, I never really wanted to bring my blackness into this like explicitly Obviously, you can see that I'm Black, but I never wanted to be pinned as best Black X, right? Because that's a qualifier. And it almost like, it doesn't erase the best, but it clearly cheapens it sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's something else that you you wrote about maybe like a month ago or so. Um, how has that been feeling? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I... I never really pay attention to anyone else really um, mm-hmm. period. Like in my life, I'm still not like that. Like I've got a few people that I have my eye on a lot of things, but like really pay attention. So that mindset of like not wanting to be like a black entrepreneur, like it's not that I'm ashamed of being black. Like mm-hmm. you said though, I think you, you said that better than I've ever said that. Like it, it is a qualifier and it, it cheapens like, yeah, like I'm a really good X, Y, or Z, you know? And like, that's always been my mindset until this all happened then i i started to realize like wow like there is so much power in like being that black entrepreneur like in two things can exist at one time too just because i'm the best black entrepreneur doesn't mean that i can't be the best entrepreneur at the same time you know Mm -hmm. Um, but also like all the people that come after me like i didn't have any role models growing up like none like kobe bryant was my role model like Darth Vader, you know, like that's what I looked up to. It's like, I'm going to fucking dominate, you know? Um, But there was no real like black successful people along the lines of where I wanted to go with my life as a kid. And I'm realizing how important representation is and how how important it is for me to own that now for the next generation and for people that are following me. Um, But up until like George Floyd, I was just, I was not about it. Like not about it at all. Like, I will always like rep my people, always support my people, but I didn't want to be necessarily just that black entrepreneur for the longest yeah. time. But now, now I really, I really don't care. Like whatever you want to see me as you can see me as, and I'll do it and all. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because uh, a little background about me, my parents are Jamaican and we, they were in the, military so we moved Mm. all around um so one thing about being a black american is that my experience of it has never been centered around me being black exactly like i've always been the way that my parents raised me was that i athena am this amorphous blob and none of my physical attributes be it vagina or melanin um, determines the way that I act or any of my traits. Yeah. 
And for that, I'm very grateful. But it also was something where I went to college. I went to a university that is like primarily rich white people. <laughs> and all of a sudden I was black. And I that was something that I had to confront as like, oh, this means something to you. Like this changes the way that you're interacting with me. Um, and so at basically 20, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I need to, I, I have to figure something out. I have to understand what this means because it wasn't something that felt very much like, it. I never felt like being black had um, affected yeah. my personality, you know? Yeah, um, same, same, yeah. never. But then again, it did, you know, like. Well, of course. Like, I remember, um, what was it? Like, I didn't have the best childhood, like, by any means. Like, power turned off a lot. Like, we moved around a lot like you. Like, just not a lot of role models. Like, men, different men, role, role models in and out. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, we just did whatever we had to do, you know. And I remember in college, like, my car broke down. And I was like six miles from college and I had to go to school and I had to go train in the morning and I had to train at night. And I just biked in the middle of a snowstorm, you know, because that we do what we have to do, you know, like yeah. it definitely impacted my personality, but on the same level as you, like I knew that other people saw me differently. I just, I never gave a shit. I, mm. I, but I feel that, I feel that on a spiritual level. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I'm uh, just a quick pause. I am distracted by your curls. Are they, oh. is this like an active, did you Activator? do this or do they, no, no. Do, they um, do this on their own? So I am, I am black, but I'm also Hispanic, but I'm mostly black. Um, mm-hmm. My hair is curlier than most like traditional, like, like just you're all black, whatever, like hundred percent black, but mm-hmm. I dyed it, which is why it loosened oh. up. Yeah. Um, okay. But it was like, I just cut it recently because it was like all over the place, you know, um, mm-hmm. distracted by my girls. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just because I dyed it. It's, it's too much work to get it this curly if I wasn't to do anything. Like, yeah. That's why I was quite distracted. It felt a little incongruous. This like yeah, you not caring so much <laughs> about like outward, like external things. But then I was like, I don't know. Cause these curls, <laughs> they're, they're saying something to me. <laughs> So my aesthetic, my aesthetic is very important to me. I and uh, I like, after 2020, like I'm talking about the car I drive, the clothes I wear, my hair, the tattoos I have, all of it mm-hmm. just, it's going to be on point. So I care, okay. but I care to an extent, you know? I see. I see. That's, <laughs> that's very interesting. <laughs> my aesthetic, my ideal aesthetic is power. <laughs> Same. It's a Slytherin. It's it, it a Slytherin thing. Yeah. I'm, Yeah. That was a big tangent. <laughs> Another tangent, because now it's on my brain. Uh, what element do you bend? Like we're talking like Abdul the Last Airbender? Of course we're talking okay, Abdul I was. That's like my favorite show of all time. Like I used to sit in my room pretending to bend all of it. It's like I'm the, I'm the biggest nerd. Um, I would like to say I'm an avatar, but fire 1000%. It's who I am. Mm. It's who I've always been. Nothing else speaks to me. Don't really like water. It's calming, but I'm not really, I can be calming, but I've got this fire burning inside of me that a lot of people don't see unless you need to see it. It's a thousand percent fire. Hmm. You? I, I mean, obviously I'm the avatar, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, every quiz I've taken says it, so I don't, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, realistically, I, I always get fire or air, and both of those speak to me a lot. Air for freedom, um, fire for power, energy, obviously. Oh. Also, they're the most um, airborne sort of gymnastry, which is right where I like to be. <laughs> feel that. I feel that. So I got to send also, me those quizzes. I'm sorry. I'm distracted too. Continue. <laughs> I will send you those quizzes. I'll do so. There's not. Okay. I last. It honestly doesn't matter. This podcast is mine, so I can make it do whatever exactly. I want. Exactly. Um. I'm very upset that there's not yet a universal, like a Pottermore version, like of this quiz, you know, it's been, there have been quizzes since the dawn of Avatar, obviously, but I'm kind of like, Hey, creators or whomever. There will be after because Netflix is doing their, their um, Avatar, the last airbender series. I guarantee after is this like that show is like, I didn't realize it when I was watching it, but one of the most accurate, but also like educational and like adult, like yeah. cartoons ever created. Like so good. So good. It's borderline immaculate. Yeah. Very good. Oh man. Now I just want to, I just want to cry a little <laughs> bit about the beauty, the beauty of this series, man. So just found out you're also interested in human behavior slash strategy. Um, something I wrote down, actually. Have you ever heard of Gorin No Show? Um, it's also in English, translates to The Book of Five Rings. Okay. Uh, it is a, it's this manifesto by a 17th century Japanese warrior. And basically he's writing to his apprentice um, about strategy as the capital W way. So like the way of being both a religious and spiritual and everything. Um, it's a very interesting read. It's only like 46 pages. I can send you that yeah, PDF. Please do. Please do. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I'll, I'll set on my list. It's so, when I read it, I was like, wowza. And it's also broken into, um, into five elements. Ground, water, wind, uh, fire and then void, which is a Buddhist element that I had not heard of before that. Um, long story short, it's all about understanding behavior. It's all about strategy. And that's something that you've said publicly that you're very interested in. And where did that interest come from? How have you been cultivating it? Yeah. Um, I said earlier that one of my mentors slash heroes is Kobe Bryant. Um, and to me, like, he's one of those people that people look at him like, yeah, he was very strategic. He's very smart. But I think to me, he's like, he's kind of like a Gary Vee, you know, like you look at him, it's like, oh, yeah, he's strategic. He's smart. But most people just look at it at the surface level. But how strategic and how smart both of those people are is just or were, I suppose, with Kobe, um, just completely, completely next level, you know, like you hear stories of like, hey, like this rookie comes in, you see Kobe shooting and it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to shoot too. And Kobe's just there shooting, working hard as hell. Like he's playing a game, practicing just so that person knows that he's going to beat him, you know? And then he dropped like 60 points that game um, and stayed like extra hours just so that person knows like, I'm going to, I'm about to fuck you up. Like, <laughs> like 
that to me is always how I wanted to be. Same with Michael Jordan, like that level of like getting in someone's mind, understanding where people are coming from, but also from like a beautiful way too, you know, like with my, my team, like understanding what they need, understanding who they are as people, understanding, understanding their skill set, understanding when things aren't wrong, you know, their baseline personality. Like those are just things that I've always like wanted to understand. I was always that dude in the back corner that just observed, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, I learned how to like use that to my advantage. Like a lot of people think I'm, super crazy extroverted whatever i love talking to people and i I do but for the most part i prefer like being alone and observing you know but that's just something that i've i've cultivated but like life is just this big performance you know and if you can understand how you are perceived if you can understand other people if you can understand yourself like you can perform in a way that's going to get you the result that you need you know i knew exactly what i needed to be to get to where i am for the most part. And I know exactly who I need to be now to fulfill my needs and do what I actually want to do, but also get what I want to get. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just all this, this big performance and it sounds bad, but it's like, it's all manipulation, whether it's good or bad, you know, like whatever we yeah. do, it's all, it's all manipulation, understanding people and getting, doing acts to get, doing an input, inputting something to get a certain output. That's yeah. how I do it anyway. Definitely. How do you know, exactly what you need to be to get where you're going it depends you know mm-hmm. um i'm sure i'm not right half the time you know I, I think i'm a lot smarter than i actually am but like when i let's say just like linkedin for example um when i first started like first started there i was writing um and i'm like okay like i'm just this 20 i think it was like 22 at the time 22 year old kid like i have two failed companies like no one's gonna care what i do or say or anything like that you know so started looking at the market, everything that everybody else was doing. And it's like, okay, how can I be different? How can I be better? What are my skill sets? And I looked at that. And that's when I like cultivated like my whole just Q brand, you know, like that's when I put on the black hat and I'm like, I'm going to make people remember me. I don't care who I am or where I am. I'm going to make them remember me. And it's gotten to the point where when I was at inbound, I was speaking at inbound, I was in a pitch black room, you know, like with thousands of people this pre COVID like Chip and Joanna are on stage and someone like taps me on the shoulder, like Q it's a hat I wear, you know, like I want to be recognized. I want people to know exactly who I am, but I also want them to know exactly how I made them feel. Um, and that's just ultimately aligned with, with my goals, but it depends on, on where you want to go and what you want to do. I don't think anyone can know for sure. Like, yeah, I need to do X, Y, and Z, but you can have a good idea, you know, but also like, who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Not sure if that answers that. <laughs> yeah, it answers it enough. Right now, who who do you want to be? Yeah, my favorite word, one of my favorite words, and you said it, is power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if you look at just the black community in general, something that I, like I said, like I just haven't associated with so much, we lack power, like capital, like any, any, whatever, whatever you want to look at it, we lack all types of power. We're one of the only people that as a whole, just lack that type of power. We've got nothing, you know, that's something that I know that I need so that I can influence and so that I can help and so that I can bring change. Um, But I want to be someone that is powerful with the words that I say, with how I say it, with how I dress, with how I look, with what I create. I don't ever want to like have to prove myself. I just want to walk in and it's like, okay, yeah, that's cute this is what he got, this is what he's done. And that's it. I never like, 
I'll sit on panels sometimes and I know I've been there, so I'm not judgmental, but I'll sit there and it's just like a size contest, you know, this is what I've done, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm cute. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll answer whatever, you know, cause it doesn't matter, you know, and I want me and everything that I've done to speak for me. I don't want to have to say anything, um, but it, it's that power. So the next like decade for me is just wealth influence mm-hmm. Um, and just really enjoying what I'm doing and building my network. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you interested in getting in front of masses? What do you mean by that? Um, like being more mainstream? Well, I didn't really want to use that word because I felt like I, that feels like a leading question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I more so am interested in. You're wondering how big I want to be? Sort of, but do you think that you need to be huge? Do you need does does Q need to be ubiquitous to to get the power that you're you're looking for right now? I like your vocabulary. Thank um, you. So I someone said to me once, um, and it was a mentor um, like two years ago. He okay. said, "Okay, you can either be that person that is so smart and so strategic." that only five people, you could write a paper and only five people in the world could understand it. But you're not going to have fame. You might have money, but you're not going to have fame. People aren't going to like be at your call. You know, they're not going to really care or anything like that, but you're going to be very smart. You'll probably be wealthy. Um, Mm -hmm. But you look at like a big paper, you know, like only a few scientists are going to understand it. Or you could be someone that kind of dumbs things down maybe says a lot of the same things over and over again, but you'll have the masses and you'll have that audience. And for a long time, I was like, I just, I want to be that person that I don't care who understands me. I want to be so smart and so good that only a few people can understand. And then I was like, okay, I probably should be over here. Like just speak to the masses. And now I don't think they're mutually exclusive, you know, like I I don't um, to an extent. And I think I'm more in the middle. I want to be so good and so smart. And I want to, I want to be able to look at someone and be like, okay, yeah, this is what they do for a job. Like, this is what I can like say to make sure that I get this input. I want to be that good, but I also want to be able to dumb it down so that people over here can understand it as well. Um, So more of in the middle um, in terms of like size and brand, like I've spent so much of my career, making other people successful, helping other people make money, you know? And it's not that I haven't found success, but I haven't put enough emphasis on myself in the next stage of my career. That's what I'm doing. So I do like, I do think that there's more mass um, that I need to accumulate now, more people that I want to reach now. Um, But I still want it to feel like it feels now, like Mm -hmm. where people can just call me and it's like, what up? And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, where it's just a conversation where we have that relationship. I don't ever want to lose that because that is what got me here. And Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people let go of that, you know, and I was a musician for a long time, you know, and in that world, you see so many people let go of that. And I, I don't know, I realize the importance of that. And I don't want to, I don't want to lose that. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like um, you don't necessarily have to give up the, being so smart and only five people can like truly comprehend what you're saying because the people who know will know, you know what I mean? You can distill your message uh, to the mass, the masses or like 
a mass of people, um, while behind the scenes, there will probably only be so few people who really understand like, oh, Q has been, Q has been here for 15 years. <laughs> he He's working through this and this was all part of the plan, you know, the grand plan. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter if they know too. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. Like mm-hmm. so long as you get to where you want to go, it doesn't matter if they know. That's so interesting. I think that is something that I'm, I'm trying to let go of whether like having someone know, like comprehend it really just because I spend a lot of my uh, adolescence not receiving the accolades that I deserved and, you know, deserve in this case, we can just take it down to the scholastic level where I was consistently um, outperforming people, but the spaces I was in, uh, no one wanted to acknowledge that. And I think that unfortunately built into myself as an adolescent, like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to let you all know. I mean, we do though. Like mm-hmm. there's something to say for that because I think it's got to be a balance. Like there are people that just talk, 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 talk. This is what I've done. This is what I'm at. There's people that never stand up for themselves, you know, and they get walked all over. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. You've got to be able to say, yeah, I'm fucking important. I'm here, but not like that, you know, like yeah. it's sometimes like that, but for the most part, not like that. There's got to be a balance. Um, that's something I had to learn too, because I never had a voice growing up. First time I had a voice or felt like I had a voice was when I was singing. And I was like, wow, people care. Like, wow, people came out to see me. And then I became an entrepreneur eventually. I'm like, wow, same thing, you know, eventually, at least once I worked up that way or worked up to that, but it's, it's a balance and it's, it's very, very tricky to, to figure out that balance and it changes as you get older and when you lose things and when you gain things, it's, it's constant like teeter totter, but there's gotta be middle ground that you find, but also you make the mistakes, you know? Do you think part of you knew when you were growing up that you would be an entrepreneur? I didn't know what that word meant. Um, There was no one around me. My mom had a business, but even then I didn't know what that word meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated the idea of business, but I knew at an early age that I wanted to be paid to be me. There was no mm-hmm. such thing as influencers. There was no, like there were, but we didn't use that word or that terminology. Like social media didn't exist yet. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a celebrity. Like I wanted to be a basketball player, Batman, or like a writer or just straight paid to be me. Mm-hmm. Then as I got older, like it was a musician and, or a writer. And I'm still in that same boat. Like I want to, I want to tell stories, you know, like, but I never knew what that word meant. Um, business never interested me. I didn't know what the word marketing meant until like 21 years old <laughs> or 20 years old, but yeah. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. So then what was the process of learning, learning marketing, which I think is among the most important aspects of business? Yeah. Um, I remember I was 20 years old, maybe 19. And I turned to my now business partner, Izzy. And I was like, you're in this marketing class. What is marketing? Like you just, and he was like, you just put together a marketing plan and that's marketing. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to put together a marketing plan. Um, like we were idiots back then, you know, but he was like a catalyst for me getting to where I am, you know, and I hope that I've been a catalyst to getting him to where he is now, but he had to influence me first. 
Um, I remember him driving to an internship that I was way underqualified for and I applied. He drove to their event that they had. And the next day I had an interview and I got the job and that was really when I got into marketing. But what I didn't realize is that I was doing it way, way before when I started, you know, because I was mm-hmm. a musician and I had to market myself and I had a personal brand and I had to like learn how to sell myself. And I was on social media before I even really knew the importance of it. And I was doing SEO and all these things, you know, like I learned so much and a lot of how I view personal branding and business. Now that ideology, that philosophy came from when I was a musician and I relate everything that I do, like the stories and how to tell a story. It's, it comes from my time as a musician. I learned so, 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 so much from, from that. Um, but professionally it was, um, in college, I worked for a social architecture firm, um, which essentially, basically they threw parties at the time, uh, but their whole idea is like getting cities more engaged, um, getting communities more engaged, just really cool stuff. And I, I became obsessed with like human behavior during that time. And then I worked for like a VR company, a wearable tech company, a couple of agencies, some things like that. It was ghostwriting. And from there, it's just been like, damn, like this is interesting. I don't really love marketing, but I love people and how we interact and who we are. Like sociology is what I studied, which to me is what marketing is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I started off studying marketing because I was interested in like in this concept of influence Um, which has become kind of a really annoying word to use. But I was very interested in how is it that someone is using copy or whatever to directly influence the way that someone behaves. Um, And then luckily I found this other major, it's called decision processes. And it, Mm -hmm. it just got so much more deep into that. And it also brought in like, it was very interdisciplinary, which is right up my alley, but it was like. What made you start this podcast? Mm. the very initial okay one I love to hear myself talk (laughs) (laughs) two it initially started because I personally am very much into biohacking whenever I look up biohacking it's Dave Asprey who invented it and a slew of Australian men and I just can't really relate to any of that your vocabulary is so good so good take that in up I'm gonna have to Take it, yeah. I think this I'm is gonna have to credit my sister for that one. Yeah, that's she's dope. the one who taught me to read and got it, me interested in reading. That's dope. Um, yeah, and so basically, I was like, I know that there are black people who are also doing this. I just know, and same thing with entrepreneurship, as you were saying, like people, there are people that I love who I've learned so much from, like Brittany Crystal, or like you could she's say, my Gary favorite. B. Brittany Crystal um, is my favorite, favorite. Favorite. I just had a call with her. She is a shit. I've learned so much from her. Yeah, she's incredible. Good friend. Good friend. There are a lot of people out there to learn from, but many of them and all of their circles were also white. And I was like, I just know that I know I'm not the only one that I am, <laughs> you know? So that's why I started this podcast is because I'm, I want to talk to, I just w- want to create like a little hub on my corner of the internet where it's like, here are people to look at. Yeah. That's really cool. Don't stop. Please don't stop. I won't. I have to do it for at least 52 weeks unless I die or get in a coma. Why 52 weeks? Um, I have previously had trouble with keeping 
with sticking with something long enough to see if it w- would actually work. And so I just wanted to commit to a full year. I'm working on falling in love with being bored, which, which is like, Same. Oof. I love okay. boredom. I rarely feel it, but I love it. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. A lot of good stuff comes from that. I will take your word for it. <laughs> it does. Mundane is like the coolest thing. Think about it. Like we tell these, like we were talking about it earlier. Like, Q, tell me your story. Every podcast, what's your story? Where do you come from? And we get so like fixated on these points, these three bullet points, five bullet points, whatever. Like, yeah, I had negative $900 in my bank account. Like my, my girlfriend left me. Like my car was totaled. I hurt my back. Like couldn't pay my bills. My power was off. And then everybody else starts telling us back, reciting these, these points back. And then like, that's all we remember. But I forget like, damn, like I met this person. I did this. Like, and we forget like the real struggle, the real story. And we live in this fantasy, this based on a true story thing. Like this, there was so much power in the mundane, which is where I try to draw like a lot of my stories from. And I just been spending more time just sitting and doing nothing. And it's really, really cool, you know? I know a friend that did this this challenge that's like writing about the mundane every day for like 50 days or something like that. Or I don't know the exact time frame. I, I might do the same thing because it's just mundane is so dope, you know? And if you can make that interesting, you can make anything interesting. Yeah, that's true. Oh, cacao. Now we're moving into the seedling round. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the seedling round. Okay. All right. Hold on. What is it? Where small questions lead to tasty answers. Dope. What excites you right now? Mm. A lot of things. Esports, um, huge passion of mine. Video games, I love. Um, I'm obsessed with like writing again, and it's been a while. Um, but also just like everything for the first time ever, like everything, like from the way that food tastes to the way that like breeze feels like i've been craving like a fall cool breeze the smell of it the feel of it like just i don't know we don't spend enough time being present just just so much cool shit you know like i don't know i'm just yeah. i'm curious about everything but esports specifically and whatever else i just said writing <laughs> yeah great how do you measure or remember time it's a really fascinating question um I write a lot. I've been keeping a journal since I was in second grade. Um, I don't go back and read it often, but I go back and read it sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember time based off the feeling. Um, and I've, I've got a really good memory um, based off the feeling. And from there, I rework it. Um, and I've been, I don't have a photographic memory, but I know it's with memories. I know it's pretty close. Mm-hmm but I go back to the feeling and then I build it from there. Um, How do you remember time? That's so fascinating. I don't know. I feel like I block out a lot of things too. Like I don't remember 18, like before 18, much of it because it was so bad. Um, But I remember the feelings and then I remember the the big points of it. Um, I'm going to think about that. I might write about that because I'm not sure. How do you think or remember time? That's a very good question. Thank you. How has your deepest fear changed over the past decade? Really good question as well. Um, Thanks. Initially, I, I was afraid that I was going to be mediocre. That was my deepest fear. Um, deepest fear since I can remember. 
because I always was mediocre. Like I was a middle child. My older brother's like photo book was this big. Mine was <laughs> that big. Um, he was a D1 athlete. Like everyone, my other siblings were super smart. Like I was just, at least I was told, you know, I had terrible grades. Like I was an idiot. You know, I, I wasn't that good. And I discovered like I was pretty good at track and field eventually. Um, I was pretty good at music, but I was never like great. Um, and then the past five years, I've really discovered like where I am great and how I can be great. And like, I've fallen in love with myself. Um, and I think now, I think now my deepest fear, damn, like these are good questions. My deepest fear now, I don't, I don't think I really have one anymore, you know, because I, I think I've had at least some impact on the world and that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, maybe that everything that I've done will mean nothing, but then again, like does anything that we do mean anything at all? So I, I don't really think I have a deep, deep fear anymore, but it used to always be mediocre mediocrity. Um, but I, I don't think I have one anymore. Mm. I'm afraid I'm... of water. <gasps> what? I'm not a good swimmer. So. Oh, <laughs> I go on boats a lot anyway, but still not a good swim. That's nice. Yeah. Interesting. Do you have access to a lot of boats? Wait, is I've Wisconsin one of those of, in the... Yeah, the there's a lot of water here, but okay. a lot of friends with boats, not me. I do not have one. Nor do I want one. Right. <laughs> you can have one if you want it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I'm in that in that mediocre stage of fear, but more from an internal perspective. I think I'm afraid that I will settle for mediocrity. Uh, and don't settle. Well, yeah, but it's just an, it's an active choice, you know? So every day yeah. I'm, I'm waking up and I'm like, hey, hey, you. <laughs> Good. What is your favorite medium of consumption? The way that you ask these questions is so funny <laughs> to me. Um, yeah, I'm learning a lot more about myself. Um, even the way that I process information, like when you talk or when anyone talks, like I always like... I don't look people in the eye unless I need to like understand how they're processing things, but I'm always like looking to the left and my eyes will move and I'm trying to understand and I'm painting a picture in my head. That's always how I am. People think I'm very weird, but that's how I do things. Um, so I'm learning, like I am a very visual person, um, but I also love audio. Um, even when I'm playing video games, like I pay more attention to the audio than I do like the visuals, you know, like, and we react faster like that. Um, but I am a, I'm a very visual person. That being said, um, I do read a lot of books or I used to read more, but I love reading. Um, but then I also like take notes on what I'm reading. Um, I love not so much podcasts, but audiobooks. I'm trying to get more into podcasts. I have podcasts, uh, but I don't really listen to them as much, but audiobooks I love. Um, but I think my favorite by far, um, and I guess this isn't a medium, but my favorite way to learn is by watching people. Like if I go to a speaking gig and I'm speaking at it and there are other speakers, I have a notebook that, take notes on people, you know, this is what they did. This is how they did it. I literally have a spreadsheet on people that I like, people that I don't like, like mm -hmm. everything about them that I think is fascinating and how they do things or things that I don't like about them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I learn from it, you know? So my favorite way to learn, I would say, is just by observing people, but I am very, very visual. So visual things preferably. That's cool. Uh, cacao, thus ends the seedling sound. <laughs> So I like to end with two questions. Um, what is your greatest ambition right now? 
Um, that is a very dangerous question for me. Um, right now. Um, yeah, just now. You just now. Not. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I'd love all time. Really? Is it world domination? No, no, not that bad. Um, okay. Well. It's either one. I want to be a superhero. I would love to dabble in things like that because I'm weird. Um, but all time, immortality is probably up there. Um, and I do think it will be a thing in our lifetime. But greatest ambition, um, I would like to be working on things that excite me 24-7. Nothing else. Like colonization of Mars, esports team, things like that. Big problems. I'm sick of tackling things like marketing. And let's make this product. Let's make this business more money. It's just boring. You know, like how do we solve racism? How do we solve world hunger like poverty like that 24 7 mm-hmm. um yeah i'd say that um i don't need to go into specifics but that cool it's probably the biggest ambition how long do you think you're gonna live two thousand years is always what i tell people and then they look at me crazy um, two thousand years. i think if it's two thousand i can do everything that I, <laughs> everything that i need <laughs> uh, i'd settle for like 300 though you know that's funny i'm kind of at 180 right now i, I just that. like attaining my 22nd year of life at the moment. Uh, and I already feel like I lived a hundred lives. So I'm kind of like 180. I'll get a lot done. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of time and the time that we already have. I just, I want to see what the world turns into, which is what fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go anywhere if I do whatever, but you know, mm-hmm. I want to see it. I want to, I want to be on the streets marching for robot rights, you know, like I want to, <laughs> I want to be there for all of it. Yeah. Speaking of seeing and being more present, once in a while, I just remember how lucky it is that I've been, I've spent 22 years with two eyes. Yeah. All of the times that I've fallen near something sharp, it could have been over for one of my eyes. Mm-hmm. Everything that we bit. have, the fact that's that we true. can feel, smell, see, like everybody says it, but like we, most of us don't actually take the time, like how dope everything is that we can do, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Slytherin. (laughs) Slytherin indeed. Uh, And the last question is actually, do you have a question that you would pose to my audience? You know, question of the week. Yeah. Um, What's your biggest ambition? I like that question. Um, Mm -hmm. What's your biggest ambition? Because I think if you have that, locked in that tells you where you need to go or at least where you need to start what's your biggest ambition great uh where can the people find you yeah i'm at tag just q on any social media platform otherwise on linkedin if you search like hashtag just q or my name quentin allums i should pop up um and then my website is quintinallums.com mm-hmm. you don't want to plug any of your podcasts or um, if you go to those places, you'll find it. Okay. Great. Well, thank you very much for sharing this internet space with me. <laughs> much appreciated. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Hello. Welcome to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, If you even just like my energy, 
please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests, and it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayaka.